Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Osman Auction. And now, the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Good game tonight. Edmonton Oilers come up just short, falling 3-2 in a shootout to the Nashville Predators. Leon Dreisaitl with an excellent game for Edmonton. He gets both goals up to 38 on the season. The Oilers penalty killing, doing a great job keeping them alive tonight. One of Dreisaitl's goals was shorthanded. Edmonton also had to kill off a penalty late in the third period and another one in overtime to force the shootout. In the shootout, tourist crossbar, dry sidle wide, Ellis post, Nugent Hopkins wide, Forsberg scores, Gagne scores, Boyle scores, and then Raddy is denied. So the Predators get the extra point. The Oilers have to settle for one. They are now 26-29-7 and seven on the season. Obviously, it's a long short for the playoffs. I'll keep giving the differential until they're mathematically eliminated. They are seven points out with 20 games to go. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It's 11 minutes after 9. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Oilers Hockey presented by Osmond Auction on 630 Ched. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. So the Oilers get the early lead on the dry settle shorthanded goal. Two goals a minute 24 apart in the second period for Nashville to get the lead. Dry settle got a power play goal just before the halfway point of the third and then uh, obviously very tense late in the third but the uh, Oilers were able to kill that Kind of unusual. I'll, I'll explain it after uh, you, you jump in here, Rob. The Oilers kill off the late penalty to Koskinen, of all people, to get it to OT. Yeah, you know, the, the, the Predators sat back. They had the lead going into the third period. They sat back, and because that, the Oilers, the first five, six minutes of the third period, had a number of good chances. They're keeping the puck going forward. They had a good forecheck going. Eventually, they get a power play, and they take full advantage of it. The one thing that we've seen in the past, the Oilers' power plays in the third seem to have come up with some big goals. When they scored the power play goal, it woke up the Nashville Predators, and they started pushing forward. And at that point, you saw the depth of Nashville take over, and they pushed shift after shift after shift, Koskinen making a number of big saves, the Predators missing some opportunities, the Post being a a very good friend to Koskinen tonight. And then the weird happened, something that you and I had to look up in the rule book afterwards because when the ref put his hand up for a penalty on Koskin and I said to you, I do not know that rule. You're going to have to figure it out. Well, here's the rule because when... So if you miss this, the Predators had an extended session of forechecking. Koskinen had lost his stick on the play. Uh, A Predator player actually almost turned it over at the blue line, which might have given the Oilers a two-on-one. Then it gets dumped down low and it's closer to the corner than it was to the net. And Koskinen goes charging out, jumps on the puck, and then tries to skate back to the crease. And I thought, I got, I got to look this up just mm-hmm. to see. And I, I, you don't have to read past the first paragraph of the delay of game rule to understand it. And I should tell everybody, the NHL rulebook is online if you ever really want some free reading. 
It's, it's a me. lot of reading. You don't need to dive into it. Uh, but this, here's what it says. A minor penalty shall be imposed on any player, including the goalkeeper, who holds, freezes, or plays the puck with his stick, skates, or body in such a manner to deliberately cause a stoppage of play. With regard to a goalkeeper, this rule applies outside of his goal crease area. So Koskinen can't say, oh, I was trying to stop a shot. I mean, he went out there specifically to try to get a whistle, so the, I, the ref did enforce that properly. Well, and, and Koskinen, after he covered it, he knew he was in the wrong because he got up very quickly and tried skating back with the puck to the, the blue blue paint. Um, uh, it's the first time I've seen that called in it's been a, long, a long, time. long, long, long yeah. time. Uh, and it was the right call, but again, the one thing that has been awful for the Oilers over the last number of years has been their penalty killing and tonight, their penalty killing won them, or excuse me, won them a point mm-hmm. because they were uh, they killed off five penalties, including that one late in the third period, including a four-on-three in overtime, and they scored a shorthanded goal. So their penalty killing was the difference tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. That got them a point in Nashville. And that's your adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. Coming into the game, the Oilers' penalty killing 29th in the league. We've talked about it a lot. But here's the kind of shocking stat of the night. I, you know, I note down all the percentages before each game. The Nashville Predators, this is hard to believe, mm-hmm. have the worst power play in the NHL. Like, they're, they're 31st on the power play coming into this game uh, at just 12.6%. So they go 0 for 5 tonight and, and give up a shorthanded goal. I mean, they have legitimately six forwards and four defensemen that could be on the power play, plus some third-line guys you could put on there. Well, they have the worst power play in the league. To me, that is that is on the coaching, honestly. Because on your back end, you've got Yossi, who will be up for the Norris this year. I, I think Giordano is going to win it in Calgary, but Yossi will be one of the finalists for the, the, the Norris. I think he's got 13, 14 goals on the season. He's a legitimate top NHL defenseman. You got Subban, who's won the Norris and is known for a bomb of a shot. You got Ellis, who's got as good a shot in the National Hockey League as any defenseman. So there's three great power play defensemen. And up front, you got you got Johansson, yeah. you got Forsberg, you got Arvidsson, you got Turris, all playing up front. Uh, I, I don't, to me, that they're doing something wrong with the setup because they can throw out as good a top five is I mean, there might be three or four teams in the National Hockey League that could throw out better, and they can throw out a second unit. Mm-hmm. And that's the difference that Nashville has that a team like the Oilers can't. So it's, it's shocking, and it will come back and haunt you at some, at some point. And that's something in the playoffs uh, when goals are hard to come by. If your power play is not scoring goals, you're not winning hockey games. 3-2, the Predators beat the Oilers in a shootout tonight. And the Oilers play the second of two games without Connor McDavid as he serves that suspension. He'll be back Wednesday night in Toronto. So Dreisaitl takes center stage tonight. Now 38 goals on the season, still with a shot at 50. Another individual thing to track. He has 15 power play goals. Team record is 20, shared by Gretzky and Ryan Smith. I, I don't know if anyone would have predicted that he has an opportunity to win, or excuse me, to, to, to tie or break a record for power play goals. When you think of Leon Dreisaitl uh, coming into the season, I, I know he could score. I know he's got a good one-timer, but I don't think of him as a pure goal scorer. But what we're seeing from him this season is his capabilities are, are much bigger than many people anticipated. Uh, he was 
in the last four games, he's been the Oilers' best player. No, not even close. He's been the best player on the ice for both teams, and he's going against some stars on other teams. He was dominant, and it's almost like he's uh, he's got a chip on his shoulder. You know, this is to anyone that thinks I'm incapable of doing it without Connor. He is, and this will show the Edmonton Oilers fans that if the Oilers were able to somehow find wingers, what a second line could be. Because Leon Dreisaitl can carry a line, but he needs players to play with. Because uh, there must, he, he made five or six great plays to set guys up today, and they're incapable of scoring goals. Tobias Reeder had a really good game. He had five or six grade-A scoring chances. I think he might have just got one shot out of all those chances. Leon needs someone to play with, and if they get someone, you can have two very good lines going forward. Let's go back to Nashville. Here's Leon. Is there any satisfaction in the point? Yeah, I, I thought we played really good. Um, you know, obviously they're they're hard hard team to play against here. Um, you know, the crowd gets into it, and um, you know they feed off that. So, um, but I thought we played really well, and um, I think we, we deserved the point. And I, obviously the the shootout is always um, you know a little bit of luck involved in that. Uh, what can you say about uh, Miko Koskinen's performance and his part in earning that point tonight as well? Yeah, he was huge. Um, you know, he's been playing really, really well for us lately. So, um, you know, we need him, and, and um, you know, he was very good uh, again tonight. Your own personal, I mean, you're, you're running very hot for a long stretch. It's not just a hot streak. This appears to be who Leon Dreisaitl is. What's kind of got you to, the, to this level? Well, I don't know. I, mean, I think it's my job to, to produce offensively. That's what I'm getting paid to do. Um, but, you know, I want to be a complete player. And, um, you know, I take I take pride in, in um, you know, doing the little things right and, and, and defending and, um, you know, face-offs, uh, penalty killing, whatever it is. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously it's been... Uh, it's been going well for me. Um, you know, hopefully, I can I can keep it up. I think in the three games, Connor was out. You had two goals and three assists. Did you sort of take it? You had to take it upon yourself to kind of step up and, and be. Yeah, I mean, I I know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do what Connor does. I know that. I, I'm not gonna fill those shoes. But obviously, you know, guys need to step up, and, and I know that I was one of them. And um, you know, I, but you know, it's not about me. You know, I think with him being out, you know, everyone stepped up, stepped up, and and those three games he was out. Um, you know, we all played really good. Think about no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna think about it. I mean, um, you know, so far they've been going in for me. Um, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully they they keep keep going in. Um, but you know, I'm I'm not setting myself any um, under any pressure or, or don't set any goals. Leon, historically in junior and in your time in the National Hockey League, it's always been uh, quite a few more assists than goals. Is there something that you're doing differently in terms of? Are you just shooting more or? Uh, I don't know. Uh, this seems like really the the first season that it's you know been been the other way around a little bit um but again uh, you know I'm, I'm trying to use my shot as much as i can you know i know i have a good shot so um i look for that and um you know, hopefully they they keep coming Leon Dreisaitl, both goals for the Oilers. They lose 3-2 in a shootout to the Predators. Dreisaitl, 76 points on the season. His career high is 77. Nugent Hopkins got an assist tonight, 56 points on the year. That ties a career high. And obviously still 20 games left in the season for the Oilers. So again, the big three pulling their weight. Uh, We'll see if McDavid gets to a, a career high. Certainly he has a shot at that as well. If he can just keep keep from getting suspended again. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, the Oilers' depth. And, and again, we saw tonight, 
they had times where they forecheck well, but they don't get scoring chances. Mm-hmm. You know, Cave, Lucic, Curry out there. I mean, they, they had some good shifts of forechecking, but when they get the puck, not a lot of creativity. And then even, so it comes to three-on-three overtime. Well, so you don't have McDavid. Toby Reeder, who's just had everything go wrong in the goal-scoring department, he starts with Leon because, I mean, I feel for Hitch there. Okay, so you start Leon and Nuge. Well, you don't score. You hope you score in the first shift. Then what do you do? So he puts puts Leon out with Reeder, who can at least skate, but then Reeder gets... uh, caught for a hooking penalty. Yeah, against Yossi. Yossi's a smart hockey player. He got uh, Reader reaching and as soon as Reader reached in all of a sudden Yossi was gone and at that point, uh, Toby, he had to haul him down because Yossi had Koskinen beat. He had an open net on the back door so Toby Reader had no choice but to haul him down. Yeah, Uh, the others, Ken Hitchcock had no choice. Uh, If if they go with Nuge and Drysaddle which you would think all of a sudden, you have nobody in your second unit, and Nashville does. Nashville could easily send out uh, a tourist or a Johansson or, or or someone like that or a Sissons. What do you think the next wave was, Nuge and Gagne? If it would have, I mean, there was only 55 seconds probably, three on three. Probably Gagne, I would think. Yeah. Um, he, I mean, he thinks the game well. Uh, his foot speed's not there, but they don't have anyone with foot speed uh, <laughs> sitting on the bench that they can put on the ice. Uh, I, yeah, I think it would have been Nuge and Gagne. And then back to Drysaddle, then back to Nuge. Uh, we ne- unfortunately, we never got the chance to see. And next game, it'll, if they have a, an overtime, it's going to be Drysaddle to McDavid, so we don't have to worry about guessing anymore. 3-2, Predators get by the Oilers in a shootout. Whenever whenever Edmonton scores five or more in a game, you can go to 630Ched.com and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, thanks to the good old JV Golite. Steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, Downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park, Japanese village 7804960063 we have Dustin standing by hey Dustin hey how's it going pretty good i just want to congratulate we're just watching the uh, bakersfield game 17 in a row officially now yeah that's amazing just ended oh, yeah. two uh, oh, three one they got one one more eh yeah right on Incredible. and then uh, my second shit i sorry it's negative but uh why is reader on the ice in overtime uh, we were just talking about that. What are your options? Not a yeah, lot of like options. Where, where's uh, Nuge and Hopkins or Chainsaw in well, there, you know? They're not going to put Nuge out there because if they put Nuge and Drysaddle out together, then you might have to skip your next twosome because they have nobody that they can put out there that's going to compete against Nashville's well, next twosome. You got, you got Chainsaw. I know he's kind of garbage, but he, he can get out there and... Like you know, battle a bit. They're, really they're trying to find. They're trying to find speed, and I, I agree. I mean, it. it there's thin pickings. Um, I, I both Reed and I were a little surprised at Toby being on the ice. We saw that he had speed. Actually, he had that might have been his best game as an Oiler. Uh, yeah, like I, I get putting him out there. Like you, you want the speed for the overtime a dry title. You know, it's three on three. It's a fast paced thing, but just I. It shows you well. It shows you how thin the Oilers are. Defensively responsible as Nuge or some of the other guys. You yeah, know, like Gagne. Yeah. Then you know. No, you're right. Yeah, it's, it's a it's tough, tough call, Dustin. Yeah, I mean, I think, and then he, and then he takes the penalty, obviously, to that doesn't look to, good to make no. it worse. So that that doesn't that doesn't help. But yeah, I mean, I think anybody. I guess in my mind, there's no auto. If you're going to split up Drysaddle and Nuge, there's no automatic. No, I mean, we're trying to, to think out. who would come out next after that with Nuge. Still, it, it, it's a hard pick. Um, 
Yeah, I, I honestly, I don't know. I think Hitch is in a hard place right there because he has two guys that are legitimate three-on-three players, and then that's all he has. As Dustin mentioned, 17 in a row for the Bakersfield Condors. It is a 3-1 win. Gambardella, Benson, and Russell scoring. The update for Advantage Trailer Rentals, daily, weekly, monthly, and rent-to-own options. Head to AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Bakersfield beating Tucson 3-1. Other action in the National Hockey League. It is the Avalanche leading the Panthers 3-2 in the third. In the second period, Canucks up 3-0 on Anaheim. Toronto beats Buffalo 5-3. The Devils get by the Canadians 2-1. The Lightning slip past Los Angeles 4-3 in a shootout. And right here on 6:30, Chad in a shootout, Predators 3, Oilers 2. Marco is standing by. Marco, good to hear from you. Thank you very much. You guys as well. Um, I'm just wondering, do you guys think it's plausible as Edmonton Oilers fans to still say that we have a chance at the playoffs? Well, it's not a good one, buddy. Uh, Last we I saw, mean, it's about it was two percent yeah. if you believe in probabilities and things like that. But there, there's Fair belief. Enough. I mean, it, it's more fun watching a game believing that if they win, it puts them two points closer, isn't it? Yeah, you guys could say that again. I mean, it was a great effort tonight. Nice to see everybody contributing. Everybody, everybody getting chances like Reader and. And Gagne was coming up with a huge, huge overtime or uh, shootout goal there. Well, I'll tell you what, Marco. I mean, you always want to win, so I know people wanted the two points tonight. Tonight's game isn't the problem. The problem was the 13 games on home ice where they got four points. Yeah. You know, <laughs> things like that. That's what's uh, killed the season to this point. It wasn't. It wasn't a game like tonight, despite not winning. No, absolutely. Thanks, Marco. Thank you. Have a good one, guys. You will hear from Hitch. Joanne is up next on the open line. Predators take it 3-2 in a shootout presented by Osmond Auction. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. This is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Boilers Hockey is brought to you by Osmond Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 630 chance. And charges down the left wing. Zach Cassian sets up a man, and Nugent Hopkins fumbled it away. Nashville the other way. It's a two-on-one. Arvidsson and Forberg bending back. Forsberg shot. Club save. Koskinen, the wrong-footed, able to spear it. That is Miko Koskinen's save of the game, presented by Jiffy Lube. Get winter ready at jiffylubeservice.ca. 36 stops for Koskinen tonight. However, he is outdone by Pecorine in the shootout. It lasted four rounds, two goals for the Preds, just one for Edmonton, and the final score, Nashville 3, Edmonton 2. So the Oilers' record on the season, 26-29-7. They go 1-1-1 in three games against the Predators. You can text 636 Davis says, guys, pretty disappointed. The Oilers didn't do anything before the trade deadline. All those unrestricted free agents and we're still stuck with the contracts going into the summer. Well, when you are a team that's eight points out of a playoff spot uh, and you're unrestricted free agents, your main ones have zero goals and one's a healthy scratch for nine of the last last 12 games. You're not going to mean they're not going to be taken. Uh, the one guy that could move was Chase on, but if you trade him, all of a sudden you're incredibly thin up front. Uh, and my guess is they didn't get offered anything better than a third, fourth, or fifth round or something along those lines. It's not worth uh, moving him now because you want to have your team believe they can still uh, make the playoffs, and you want the team to think that the ownership believes in them. So I think that was a. Uh, I think it was the right move today. If, if they were given something worthwhile for Chase on, I think it would have happened, but I don't believe anything 
was yeah. coming down. I, th- I think that there was very little offered. When Talbot was traded last weekend, and then Spooner was traded for Gagne last weekend, which, I mean, we had our caller, Marco, who he thought that was going to happen. You and I weren't sure they'd be able to move Spooner. Mm-hmm. When those two deals went down, and then you couple that with Gretzky having said, I'm not trading a first-round pick. I'm not trading a prospect. I'm not going to give away the future to to try to get a little, you know, a guy who can burst into the playoff or help for for a potential burst into the playoffs. I thought, ooh, that could be quiet on the 25th. Now, am I surprised that they didn't do anything? Yes, but I didn't see, you know, all three UFAs moving or or things like that. I mean, I thought there might be one trade that might be somewhat noteworthy by the Oilers. I wasn't sure who it was going to be, but I I did think this was going to be pretty quiet from yeah, perspective. I, I agree, and to me, the only one that I thought had an opportunity to move was Chase on. Mm-hmm. And once they decided he wasn't being moved, uh, Petrovic, there, there's just not a market for him. He's a healthy scratch on a team that's not a playoff team, not even close to a playoff team. Uh, Reader's got zero goals in, uh, what has he played, 50 games now? 48, 50? I have no idea. This what was he, his 48th, yeah. 48 games. He's, played, he's got zero goals on the season. There's not a market for a guy that's got zero goals on the season. So, and then outside of that, they've got nothing to move. So it was it was pretty simple. They they went in the dress the, the the room there the war war room and said, okay, are we trading Chase on? No. Okay, let's go. Time time for lunch because <laughs> that was their only one move they could do. All right, Oilers lose three two to the Nashville Predators. We have Joanne on line three at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Hi, Joanne. Go ahead. Hi there. I sure appreciate you guys. You you just explain things so well. But my comment is how much. Um, do you think that Sam Gagne has um, affected the energy on the team? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, very good question. I think I think it's huge. We actually talked to to Keith Gretzky today about that when they were trying to acquire. Sam, we asked, you know, what were the things that you were looking at? And they said they, they liked the fact that he could play the power play as a right-handed shot. They thought he had some offensive upside still, but they talked about his, his character, his uh, professionalism, uh, the fact that he now is appreciative of his opportunity. He, Keith talked about the fact that he's the first guy to the, the rink every day and the last guy to leave, and, and it's contagious. He, he's living a second life in his hockey career. And he's enjoying every second of it. So I believe he's a spark in that dressing room. You know, it was a it was a down dressing room. They were struggling on home ice. They were falling out of the playoff race. Nothing was was going right. And all of a sudden, Sam Gagne's here, and he's like, "Come on, guys, we're in the NHL. This is cool. Let's have a good time out here." And he brought uh, some energy. You could see it on the ice. Every every time he steps on the ice, he's having fun, and that's contagious. Oilers lose three two to the Predators in a shootout. Back to Nashville. Here's Hitch. I, I don't. It wouldn't matter if Connor was in or not. He's he's taken his game to another level. He's embraced the details of being a a really good player. He's bought into what the coaches want, and it's made him more effective on a daily basis. He's he's in the right positions. His spacing on the ice is proper now. He's not waiting to hit home runs. The hell of a hockey player. What does it say about this team that you have been able to get four points in three games while missing Connor? Ah, it's just. 
we're competing like hell. I mean, we've done it for almost a dozen games now. We're competing as hard as we can. We're not giving up any ground to anybody, and I'm, I'm hopeful that we can continue down the rest of the, the year and play this way. I don't know where the playoffs are going to go, but I know if we compete at this level, we can really be proud of what we're doing, and that's exactly what we are. We're proud of what we're doing, and we're going to stay with the program. So this is the team that you were trying to build here. It's taken, you know... Well, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, I, I said this to you today, Mark. You, you don't get people to play for each other overnight. It takes time, and it takes a lot of pushing and pulling. And, and I've said this before, players can't... Coaches get players to places they can't get to themselves. And the tug of war that goes on until they get to that place is hard. And you've got to be able, you've got to, be able to coach through conflict. And the players got to be able to play through conflict. And there was some conflict to try to get to this level, but we're here now. And whether it's too late or not, whatever, but we're here now and we're competing like hell. And my hope is that we continue down this path because this is the path of growth that you can be competitive for years in. And if this is the way they're going to compete and support each other, you can be really proud of of what you're putting on the ice every night. Has it helped in some weird respect that, that they had to go three out of four games with, with O'Connor and no. elevate themselves? No, they, they were playing this way. Connor and Leon were leading this charge 12 games ago. So they were carrying it, and, and uh, he's going to Connor back is going to do nothing but help us. Uh, it's going to be a great one-two punch. Um, it's a lot of weapons that we have that nobody else has, and we're going to use them every chance we get. But but these guys were dug in before this. This is this happened after we talked about it after that game, you know, and um, and it changed. And there was visual to go with it. It changed, and good on them. They've they've adapted a, and adopted a new strategy to play the game of ice hockey, and they're benefited because of it. Ken, what can you say about Miko's performance in critical junctures of the game tonight? He's a go-to goalie. I mean, he's uh, he's playing as well as anybody in the National Hockey League right now for us, which is a good sign. Yeah, pretty good game for Koskinen. Rene, very good at the other end as well. Rene against the Oilers is 21-6-1 in his career. Predators beat Edmonton 3-2 in a shootout tonight. By the way, we're looking for someone to uh, finish the play if you like little contests. Rob and I tend to make it pretty easy on contestants for finish the play. Face-off trivia, Nick got it right. The Predators won their first ever franchise game October 13th, 1998. Who was the goalie for that one? Do you remember, Rob? In 1998? First ever Predators winning goaltender. Pekka Rene. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has been there for a while. Mike Dunham. I wouldn't. You could have given me his initials. I would not have guessed Mike Dunham. He actually could have probably given me his first name and last name's first initial. I still wouldn't have guessed Mike Dunham. Okay. And Nick goes into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 prepaid Visa gift card courtesy Alpine Credits. Homeowners get approved. Visit alpinecredits.ca. We will take a quick timeout. Oilers fall 3-2 in a shootout presented by Osmond Auction along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You're listening to the City, uh, not the City Ford Faceoff Show. You're listening to Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Austin Auction. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 945. Edmonton Oilers coming up just short in Nashville. Dry cycle, both goals, but the Predators get by Edmonton 3-2 in a shootout along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins in Tucson, Arizona. The Bakersfield Condors win their 17th consecutive game. 
earning a 3-1 decision over the Roadrunners, and I'm pleased to be joined on the line by Cooper Marodi from the Condors. Cooper, you're on with Reed and Rob. How are you doing? I'm doing great, especially after that uh, win tonight. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, what an amazing run for you guys, and it, it just keeps going. 17 in a row, you had to win a couple road games in Tucson here most recently. First of all, tell us about the game tonight. You were up 2-1 going to the third, and I think Russell scored with a second left. So uh, was it a tense third period, or take us through it? Um, yeah, I think both of the games weren't very flashy. I think we had to really compete and play a full 60 minutes, and uh, you know, we got the, the goal late in the second period that gave us a little confidence going into the third, and we're a pretty good team when we have the lead going in the third period. So we had confidence. We've been in this situation before, and we just stuck to our structure, and uh, we got the win. Cooper, it's Rob. Uh, when you're winning these games, is it on the back of two or three players? Is this a team thing? Is there a different hero every night? Is it goaltending? What's what's getting you through? I mean, 17 in a row is pretty impressive. Oh, yeah. I, it's, <laughs> it's definitely not one or two players. It's every single 20-person team that's out on the ice it's it's something very special i think uh if it's guys on the penalty kill blocking shots if it's uh you know power plays been pretty good at, at, as of late and first line second line third line fourth line everybody's playing their role and playing hard as they can so uh that's a winning recipe and then you have a goalie shane Sturt is playing phenomenal and then a backup Stuart skinner has played great for us when he's had time you know cooper i know from interviewing athletes most of my adult life they're often reluctant to delve too much into a successful run because, you know, they want to share the credit. They don't want to seem like they're hogging the spotlight. But as this winning streak has been extended, you guys obviously are, are smart enough to know it's a story and you have to talk about it. So how have you dealt with the increased spotlight on your team and, uh, and, and you know, just balancing the, the I don't want to jinx it feeling of having the streak? Absolutely. I think uh, in our locker room we have a, a mindset of it's a fresh start each game and we have to prove why we've been on the streak each and every game. And uh, the coaches' staff has done a great job of keeping us um, you know, on, on track and, and not laying off the gas pedal. We, we're continuing to, to do what makes us successful and play a full 60 minutes, play hard together, and uh, it's, it's been a great team effort. For, for the fans in Edmonton that are listening, how does Bakersfield play? What kind of team are you? A defensive team? Are you a team that's got some skill? Are you a fast team? Are you a tough team? What would be the identity of the Bakersfield Condors? Yeah, I think we have a phenomenal structure. Um, offensively, we have plays, and, and, and defensively, we have a great structure that's really tough to get offense against. And we take a lot of pride defensively, but you know, we do have the, the seventh-ranked power play in the American League, and we're, uh, I believe we're top 10 in goals for as well as goals against. So um, I think we, we play a whole complete game, and uh, like I said before, our structure is really tough to beat and really frustrates teams. Cooper, you have, uh, I, I'm not sure if you hit the score sheet tonight, but you have 40 points so far in the season, so you're point a game for the Condors. We got to see you six games with the Edmonton Oilers earlier this season. Tell us about what you feel the growth in your game has been this year. Absolutely. I think uh, coming out of college, um, you can get away with some stuff uh, defensively or, um, you know, maybe uh, you don't have to be as hard on pucks. And I think uh, the coaching staff here, I think everybody coming into pro hockey um, needs to know in the pro hockey level, you've you got to be hard on pucks, got to really bear down defensively when you want to be successful in the NHL. So um, the coaching staff has done a phenomenal job with me of every single day showing me clips and I come to the rink teaching me 
and they showed a great effort. And it's not just me. It's every single player on our team. And um, All of us are really thankful for the coaching staff, their effort they put into it. So I think the overall growth of my game has been fantastic, and I couldn't be happier with it. And I, I owe it to my teammates and the coaching staff. Well, Cooper, great job getting another win tonight. You guys are back at it against the Iowa Wild on Friday night. That one's a home game in Bakersfield, so I'm sure it's going to be an exciting game and an excited crowd to come out and watch you guys play. Thanks for checking in here after a game, Cooper. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That is Cooper Marodi from the Bakersfield Condors who beat Tucson 3-1 tonight. 17 consecutive victories for the Oilers AHL team. You know, I, I don't care if it's a peewee tier three team if it's a junior team an nhl team or or a minor league team it's impressive and i can tell you coming to the rink each day after every win is fun it's just it is a fun atmosphere i I bet you they're having the times of their life right now and uh it's it's gonna bode well because there there's a bunch of young players down there that are leading the charge they're learning how to win they're learning how to play as a team and from we've talked to a, a number of players, we've heard a lot of different things from players that have played down there. Every one of them comments on how well they've been coached. The communication between the coaches and the players, uh, that's good because there's a lot of minor league teams that coaches uh, are not as strong as what the Bakersfield Condors have. They want The Oilers want those players to be NHL ready by the time they get called up and it seems as though the job is being done down there. Well, that's what I find encouraging is the, obviously there's the confidence that's going with this, but he's referenced it. We've heard from Woodcroft. We've heard from other players the structure. Mm-hmm. And that's I, I know we get calls after games, especially when the Oilers lose. We'll bring up the top line from the farm team, call up half the farm team. I say no way. Nope. Let the farm team play. Let them build. Let them play together. It's still going to be a big jump from the AHL to mm, the NHL absolutely. if and when some of these guys come up but mm-hmm. I say let let them have the, the structure and he's talked about the defensive structure and the goals against let them become that become part of their DNA because you know it's going to be no matter what happens it's going to be a bit of a shock when some of them come up but but let them be ingrained. Don't be bouncing guys back and forth without a clear sense of who they are or, or what they should be. Let let these guys play. Let them try to get it to 18 games. Let them play postseason mm-hmm. games in the AHL. I realize Curry came up. If you have injuries, you might have to call guys up. But I, I wouldn't touch the, the Condors if I were Oilers management unless you really have to. No, you don't need to. You, you, you don't. These players are the future. They're not today. Let them prepare for the future, and that's what they're doing. All right, we have uh, Terry on the line at 780-496-0063. Oilers lose 3-2 in a shootout. Hey, Terry, what's on your mind, buddy? Hey, Rob Reed. Terrific show as usual. Thank you very much. I wonder if I've come into some sort of mystic powers here in the last little while. I'm holding in my right hand here a a puck, uh, number 89, Sam Gagne, and it's never come out of the plastic uh, container it was in. Uh, but what scares me even uh, more, if I have this kind of power, is in my left hand, I have a puck with number 35, Nikolai Habibulin. Please tell me I don't have those kind of powers. Uh, I've never met you, Terry, and I'm very open-minded. I was a big X-Files fan, so we might have to call Mulder <laughs> and Scully to investigate. Do you want to finish the play, buddy, speaking of number sure. 89? Certainly, I've never done that. All right, well, I think this will be an easy one. We know Terry watches all the games. We want to put his name into the grand prize draw for a one-hour rental to Fast Track Indoor Carding, safe adrenaline-pumping fun, FastTrackCardingEdmonton.com. Gagne with the game on the line to keep Edmonton's hopes alive. 
All right, you, you're holding a Gagne puck. Did he keep the game alive in the shootout? Oh, my God, yeah, he did, yeah. Gagne with the game on the line to keep Edmonton's hopes alive. A right-handed shot in over the blue line. Between circles, reshot, score! Sam Gagne has tied it, and we go to a fourth round. They did, but it didn't go the Oilers' way. Boyle scored, and Raddy was stopped, so the Predators do get a 3-2 shootout win over the Edmonton Oilers. Terry, stay on the line. Kellen will take down... Your info. I don't know if Terry has mystic powers. See, we used to have the the alien show overnight. He could have called that show to find out. I did like the. What was ex- it called? Coast to coast. That was a great show. It, it was like good. aliens, werewolves, vampires. Like you know, who built the pyramids? Who did build the pyramids? Aliens, well. with the help of werewolves and vampires. <laughs> I like the X-Files reference. I was a huge Gillian Anderson fan. I was a big great fan of show. the X-Files. It was a great show. All right. We're going to wind her down. If you want more on the trade deadline and the Oilers' moves, well, that won't take long to summarize. They didn't trade anybody. Uh, you can go to 630ched.com. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there. You can listen to the interview Rob and I did with... Uh, with Keith Gretzky as well. Great to have Cooper Barodi on the show. Thanks to Ryan Holt of the Condors for lining that up. They won. The Oilers do not win. 3-2 shootout loss to the Nashville Predators. Edmonton 2-0-2 in its last four games. Well, it's always fun when they play Toronto. That's the next game. On Wednesday, face-off show at 3.30. The puck will drop at 5. Get it here on 6.30. Chad, big thanks to Kellen Kennedy. Our studio producer this afternoon, thanks to Sean Alford, who got us on the air from the Hall of Fame room at Rogers Place this afternoon. Oilers Hockey is presented by Osmond Auction. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great night.